Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 64 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Job and David, or Asaph, showed most strength of faith when they had little or no feeling of God's favor, but rather the contrary. Job had little feeling of God's favor when for pain of body he said, Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth? And in anguish of soul he said, Wherefore hidest thou thy face and takest me for thine enemy? Job thirteen fourteen and 24. Yet then this adherence of faith caused him to cleave unto God and say, In the same chapter, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Verse 15. When David said to God, why hast thou forgotten me? Psalm 42, 9. His assurance was weak, yet even then his faith discovered itself. When he saith to his soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Psalm 42, 11. You see then that the excellency of faith lies not in your feeling, but as the psalmist speaks by experience, in cleaving close unto the promise and relying on God for it, upon his bare word. For he saith, It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. Psalm 73, 28. This was that which secretly upheld him and kept him in possession when his evidences and assurance were to seek. Wherefore, believe God's promises made to you in Christ and rest on him, even when you want joy and feeling comfort. For having faith, you are sure of heaven, though you be not so fully assured of it as you desire. It will be your greatest commendation when you will be dutiful servants and children at God's commandment, though you have not present wages, when you will take God's word for that. Those are bad servants and children who cannot go on cheerfully in doing their master's or father's will, except they may receive the promised wages in good part aforehand or every day, or except they may have a good part of the promised inheritance presently and in hand. Feeling of comfort is part of a Christian's wages and inheritance to be received at the good pleasure of God that freely gives it rather than a Christian duty. To comfort and stay ourselves on God in distress is a duty, but this joyful sense and feeling of God's favor is a gracious favor of God towards us, not a duty of ours towards God. It argues too much distrust in God and too much self-respect when we have no heart to go about his work, except we be full of feeling of his favor. 
He is the best child or servant that will obey out of love, duty, and conscience, and will trust in God and wait on him for his wages and recompense. Thirdly, when you say you cannot feel that you have faith or hope, you mean, as indeed many good souls do, you cannot find and perceive that these graces are in you in truth, which, if you did, you would not doubt of your salvation. My answer is, if faith and hope be in you, then if you would judiciously inquire into yourselves and feel for them, you may find and feel them and know that you have them. For as certainly as he that sees bodily may know that he sees, so he that has the spiritual sight of faith may know that he has faith. Wherefore, try and feel for your faith, and you shall find whether it be in you, yea or no. Number three, the nature and properties of saving faith. For this cause, number one, try whether you ever had the necessary preparatives which ordinarily make way for the seed of faith to take root in the soul. Number two, consider the nature of saving faith and whether it has wrought in you accordingly. Number three, consider some consequence and certain effects thereof. First, concerning the preparatives to faith. Has the law shut you up in your apprehension under the curse so that you have been afraid of hell? And has the Spirit also convinced you of sin by the gospel to the wounding of your conscience and to the working of true humiliation, causing the heart to relent and to desire to know how to be saved? And if after this you have denied yourself as to your own wisdom and will, power and goodness, and received and rested on Christ alone for salvation, according to the nature of true faith as follows, then you have faith. If you doubt you're never sufficiently humbled, then read section 10 of this chapter. Secondly, consider rightly the nature and proper acts of faith, lest you conceive that to be faith which is not, and that to be no faith which is. You may know wherein true saving faith consists by this which follows. Whereas, man being fallen into a state of condemnation by reason of sin, therefore broke the covenant of works. It pleased God to ordain a new covenant, the covenant of grace, establishing it in his only Son, Christ Jesus, expressing the full tenor of this his covenant in the gospel, wherein he makes a gracious and free offer of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom this covenant is established, and with him the covenant itself, with all its unspeakable blessings, unto man.
Now, when a man burdened with his sin, understanding this offer, gives credit and assents thereunto, because it is true, and approves it, and consents to it, both because it is good for him to embrace in it, and because it is the will and commandment of God that he should consent for his part and trust to it. When therefore a man receives Christ Jesus thus offered, together with the whole covenant in all its duties and privileges, so far as he understands it, resolving to rest on that part of the covenant made and promised on God's part, and to stand to every branch of the covenant to be performed on his part, thus to embrace the covenant of grace and to receive Christ in whom it is confirmed, is to believe. This offer of Christ and the receiving him by faith may clearly be expressed by an offer of peace and favor made by a king unto a woman that is a rebellious subject, by making an offer of a marriage between her and his only son, the heir apparent to the crown, who, to make way to this match, undertakes by his father's appointment to make full satisfaction to his father's justice in her behalf and to make her every way fit to be a daughter to a king. And for effecting that match between them, the son, with the consent and appointment of his father, sends his chief servants a wooing to this unworthy woman, making offer of marriage in their master's behalf, with the clearest proofs of their master's goodwill to her, and with the greatest earnestness and entreaties to obtain her goodwill that may be. This woman at first being a bondwoman unto this king's mortal enemy, and being in love with base slaves like herself, companions in her rebellion, she aptly sets light by this offer, or if she consider well of it, she may doubt of the truth of this offer, the match being so unequal and so unlikely on her part knowing herself to be so base and unworthy, she may think the motion to be too good to be true. Yet, if upon more advised thoughts she does take notice of the danger she is in while she stands out against so powerful a king in her rebellion and does also see and believe that the king's son is in earnest in his offer, to reconcile her to his father, and that he would indeed match with her. Thereupon, she considers also that it will be good for her to forsake all others and take him, and that especially because his person is so lovely and every way worthy of her esteem. Now when she can bring herself to believe this and resolve thus, Though she comes to it with some difficulty, yet if she give a true and hearty consent to have him, and
and to forsake all others and to take him as he is, to obey him as her Lord and to take part with him in all conditions, better or worse. Though she come to the resolution with much ado, then the match is as good as made between them, for hereupon follow the mutual embracing of and interest in each other. The application is easy throughout. I will only apply so much as is for my purpose to show the nature of justifying faith. God offers his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Yea, Christ Jesus, by his ministers, offers himself in the gospel unto rebellious man to match with him. 1 Corinthians 2 2. Only on this condition that forsaking his kindred and father's house, Psalm 45.10, forsaking all that he is in himself, he will receive him as his head, husband, Lord, and Savior, Romans 7.4. Now, when any man understands this motion, so far as to yield assent and consent to it, and to receive Christ and cleave to him, John 1, 12. Then he believes to salvation. Then the match is made between Christ and that man. Then they are betrothed, nay, married, and are no longer two, but are become one spirit. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. This concludes episode 64 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder.